You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. And what's up, guys? Welcome back inside another episode of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosvoglu. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, as always, at Rosvoglu Report, on Instagram, at Saints underscore Straight Up, and on Facebook, on the Facebook page, like it, at uh, Straight Up Saints. Very simple right there. Um, and make sure, if you're not already, to subscribe and rate the podcast on iTunes. I see you guys are doing it um, each week. You see the ratings go up. But, of course, if you haven't already, go on iTunes. It takes about 10, 15 seconds tops. Just subscribe um, and leave a rating. This way, when new episodes like this come out, you get them immediately to your phone, um, whether it's you know iPhone, tablet, computer. It will alert you, and you will know. Um, and it's just really easy, especially when we have new content. And for this episode, uh, I'm going to talk about a couple of things for sure. One of them is going to be cornerbacks in the upcoming draft because whether it's a big need or not, the Saints could use another uh, cornerback on their depth chart. And also, I have an interview with Reed Harrison Ducros, the standout cornerback from Duquesne. Really great kid. He grew up a Saints fan. Uh, so he's going to talk about that and talk about his journey to the NFL. Really good interview uh, with him that I have for you guys lined up. Um, and also, I'm going to talk a little bit about a quarterback prospect that I love, pun intended, and some Saints fans don't, and why I'm higher on him than others. And I'll talk about that in just a second. But also, I have some news for you guys regarding the podcast, and it's involving uh, like Saints merchandise at very, very cheap prices. And what I'm doing is, uh, I told you guys for a while, I have some ideas that are might be pun-related, might be cool uh, type of jokes for players and stuff like that. And what I've done is, I'm going to turn them into merchandise that you guys can have, like stickers, mugs, uh, cases, shirts, anything that you guys really want, you want it, let me know, and I'll make it. Um, very affordable prices, literally um, as cheap as it goes. That's what I set the marker at on this website, and I'll leave the link to that in the description. It's Saints, uh, straight up Saints Shop at Teespring. Um, you can just click on the link through the description, and you will see it there. But, of course, obviously it's hard during this time to purchase really anything. I know everyone's struggling, so do not worry at all. The reason I put it low was if you guys do want to get some Saint stuff, go ahead, get uh, get some of that. And also, it's cool. We'll get a little army going for the Straight Up Saints podcast. But without further ado, let's talk about that quarterback prospect that I'm higher on than most, and his name's Jordan Love. And he might be the most intriguing prospect in this draft class, and for several reasons. For one, his arm talent off the charts. Um, we saw what he can do as a sophomore, which is light up a, a conference. And then we also saw what he could do at a junior at his worst moment, which is throw 20 touchdowns and 17 picks. So you get the good and the bad, and that's the scary part because you always want just the good. I know that's what we want. It's the easier thing to say. It's the easier thing to demand. It's not that simple, though, especially with a quarterback prospect. And what I find very, very fascinating about Jordan Love, and you guys know I've been advocating for him a while, there are two things to this. It's one, I am advocating for Jordan Love if he's available at pick 24, and two... For those that aren't fans of Jordan Love, I'm not here to tell you change your mind. I'm here to just show you it's not all bad at all, and the bad comes with some context, and that context is his head coach left for a better job at Texas Tech. He lost four starting offensive linemen, and before adding his receivers and running backs, it was about eight to nine starters from that offense from his sophomore year, not there for his junior year. We're talking about kids at a school at Utah State where they don't restock on four-star and five-star recruits every year. They're not Alabama. They're not LSU. It's not easy for them to lose talent and just say, okay, here's your new guys. It takes time to build that chemistry. And that time was his sophomore season when you saw him play well. Everything was clicking. They were experienced. It's not easy in football. 
and I know I'm going to keep saying it, you can't carry a team. If you could, the Saints would have been a playoff team every single year under Drew Brees because he was that good. But you guys know, know very well in 2012 when you have a good quarterback with a team that a year ago was 13-3, and when the defense doesn't show up and your coaching isn't right, that's a 7-9 football team. And I think that's the best comparison to make. We've seen Jordan Love, when it's all good, put up great numbers and the team's winning. And then when it's not all there, the team isn't winning, his numbers are struggling. That's football. This isn't something to just completely worry about and say he's not worth the first-round pick. I think all that talk is crazy. I think Jordan Love's very intriguing. And if the Saints are fortunate enough to take him at pick 24, I think you do it because it gives you your quarterback of the future who has some Mahomes-like tendencies And with a smart coach like Sean Payton, a brilliant quarterback like Drew Brees, he could only get better. And heck, if he's not ready to start in the second year, you still got Taysom Hill, you still got Brees. If he decides to come back for a second year, there are options. And I do think this kid is a special quarterback. And if I were to rank quarterbacks, I think he's the third best in this draft. I got Burrow. Then I got Tua with an asterisk because he needs to stay healthy. And then I got Jordan Love. That's how highly I think of this guy. I think he's going to be a good quarterback in this league in the right system. The Saints qualify as the team to be the right system. So that's why I would like to see Jordan Love on the Saints if he's available at pick 24, guys. I have to stress that. I'm not saying make some massive trade for the guy. If he's there at 24, the value is fantastic. I'm all for that move. Now let's switch over to the main discussion of this show. That's cornerbacks because the Saints got a good duo going on. You got Marshawn Lattimore. You got Janoris Jenkins. He got them under contract for a couple years. All sounds good, right? Not so fast because football, more than any other sport, guys get hurt. And your weak, your strength can become a weakness very quickly. We've seen that in so many leagues. Uh, so many different teams have had that problem. And it reminds me, and I think the best example to use is a recent one. Think of the Patriots week two of this past NFL season. We were all gushing over them. Oh man, they got Antonio Brown. They got Julian Edelman. They got Josh Gordon. They have Philip Dorsett. Okay. And then let's go down the list. What happens? Edelman gets hurt. He's battling through a rib injury and a shoulder injury. He's not the same the rest of the season. Antonio Brown, dude literally goes to crazy town, falls off the rails. He's out. We don't even know if he's going to play in the NFL anymore. Josh Gordon, they cut him. We all go, oh, why the hell would you cut Josh Gordon? He goes to the Seahawks. And then a month later, oh, Josh Gordon failed another drug test. And we're like, yep, that all makes sense. And all of a sudden, what did we talk about the rest of the season? Oh, the Patriots have no receivers. Just like that, it changed. Their strength went to a weakness. The Saints have a good secondary in terms of talent. I also want to make sure I'm putting an emphasis on that because I know you guys are going to sit there at home and say, Chris, don't you dare say that. Our secondary is not played well in big moments. And guess what? You guys are right. I understand that. But in if we're talking regular season, if we're talking roster, we're talking talent, they have a good secondary. And I like Lattimore. Um, I really like Lattimore. I think Jenkins is a much better cornerback than Eli Apple. And then in the slot, they have options. You have P.J. Williams. You have Patrick Robinson. You have uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who I think is only going to get better with time, um, as he should. And then with safeties, you have Malcolm Jenkins. You have Marcus Williams. You even have younger guys like Saquon Hampton. And then another experienced guy in D.J. Swearinger. The Saints have the guys in that secondary to make a playoff run and also enough playmakers where if you need a stop, you need a turnover. If everything goes right on that day and there's no miracle, there's no push off, there's no nothing, they're going to win. 
And that sounds all great. Here's the problem. What if Lattimore goes down? What if Jenkins goes down? If one of those goes down, who is the second outside cornerback? I don't have an answer, and I'm not sure you guys do right now either. Do we feel comfortable with P.J. Williams going outside? Probably not. Can you do it for a game? Yeah. Can you do it for the rest of the season? For eight games? Six games? I don't think so. I think that'd be tough. You're asking for a lot. The guy is great in a safety role, in a nickel role, in a role close to the box. Put him there. He excels. Outside corner, not his thing. There's a reason Calvin Ridley, rookie year, destroyed P.J. Williams. So who are you putting? Are you putting Patrick Robinson? He's kind of in that P.J. Williams role where he's great in the slot, but if you put him on the outside, you are asking for trouble, and I think the Saints understand that. So I'm not so sure that's the answer. None of your safeties are the answer, obviously. Who is the guy that takes over that outside corner role? The Saints can use a DB in this draft. And I'm not here to say the Saints should use a first-round pick on a cornerback. I'm saying the Saints, at five picks, one of them, if the value is great and it's there, should be a cornerback. And there's a couple that the Saints can look at, and I'll give some names for each round. Now, let's be realistic. Take Okuda off the board. Take C.J. Henderson off the board. And this one's a fringe guy. Maybe he's there at pick 24, but there's a good chance a guy like Jeff Gladney from TCU, who is a really physical corner, probably my favorite one in the draft outside of Okuda, he's not going to be there at 24. And even if he is, let's say the Saints go somewhere else at pick 24, they don't go corner. What do they do? Well, they don't have a second-round pick. Could they trade up? Yes. I don't know if they're going to trade up for a corner, though. So let's get rid of the second round. Let's talk third round and up who the Saints can target. One guy that I like a lot is Troy Pride for Notre Dame. And I think why I like him is, one, he's versed all different kind of receivers. And I'm talking about playing every conference. And that's actually the benefit of playing at Notre Dame. Uh, I know they get you know, completely creamed by people for not being in a conference. You get to diversify uh, your resume. I mean, he's played Pac-12 receivers, ACC receivers. He's played them all. SEC receivers this past season when Notre Dame played Georgia. Um, and what I like about him, his hips are pretty good. His footwork, uh, it's really quick. And that's what you need when you're a corner. you got to be able to turn those hips and keep those feet moving or you're in big trouble. Um, and what I like about him is his recognition. You can tell this kid is great in the film room and it shows on Saturdays. So I think those definitely translate. What might be... The issue, and I've seen scouts complain about it, and you see it a little bit from time to time on film, is he going to win the ball when it's at its highest point? Probably not, and that's an issue, but not every cornerback is able to do that. That's a very, very rare trait to have. And I think you can live with that. If Troy Pride's a day two type of guy, maybe early day three, I think you could definitely live like with that. So that's someone that I've had on my radar for sure. Another guy on my radar is Lamar Jackson from Nebraska, and I actually spoke about it, uh, Lamar and why I like him on the podcast with Ross Jackson. If you haven't listened to that, please do. It's a great uh, podcast episode with him. His intel on the draft is fantastic, so give it a listen there. What I like about Lamar is the improvement from year to year. And I know you guys are probably sitting at home going, dude, why would we draft Lamar Jackson? He's a quarterback. And I know, it's funny. We could all make jokes about these doppelgangers and stuff, but really... This defensive back version of Lamar Jackson is a player in his own right. And if you saw the jump he made from junior to senior year off the charts, um, he was able to play at the Senior Bowl. He made a a good name for himself at the Combine. His measurables are pretty good. They're not great, but they're good. Um, And he has the length and size that the Saints may want. And I know what you're sitting, you're getting the chills now. You're thinking of a Nebraska defensive prospect 
that's a cornerback that's lengthy, and you're thinking, oh boy, here comes Stanley Jean Baptiste again. That's not him. I know that's a scary time, but Stanley Jean Baptiste was never a good corner. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care that he was drafted second round. He was never a good prospect. He looked the part. He didn't play the part. He looked the part. Lamar Jackson plays the part. That's the difference. So I really like him. Um, really good technique. His work ethic is off the charts. I, I've got him personally speak with him. He told me straight up, his junior year, he was good, but he wasn't great. And he didn't turn that switch until he saw some of his friends who were seniors not get drafted. And he thought if they didn't get drafted, I'm sure in hell not getting drafted if I could compete, uh, compete like this. I need to get better. What does he do? He takes that next step. He gets better, and he sure will get drafted um, when the draft comes around next week. So I really like him a lot. He's a very interesting prospect. I also like another guy with a similar name to an NFL star, A.J. Green from Oklahoma State. Really long. He's faced a lot of good receivers. I mean, you go look at that Oklahoma list, a lot of good ones. CeeDee Lamb, Marquise Brown. He's played them all. And he's a little raw. I think it'll take some time. But he's met with the Saints. He met with them at the Senior Bowl. He spoke with Dennis Allen. He spoke with Aaron Glenn. So he has that familiarity there. Um, I do like him as a prospect. And another one that I really like that I'll mention for you guys is Amik Robertson from Louisiana Tech. This guy's just a playmaker. That's the best way I'm going to put it. Go watch the tape. I mean, this guy makes plays on special teams. He's going to make plays on defense, of course. Um, really instinctive. When the ball gets in his hand, it's go time. Now, you got to get it, obviously, in his hands. But if he does get his hands on the ball, that's it. He's going to make a play. And that's something that not every corner has. And very few are born with that ability. But he is. So I do like Amik Robertson. I like Lamar Jackson. I do like Troy Bride and A.J. Green. Those are some names. Day two, day three. If the Saints need a corner, go get one. They can definitely fill a role as a cornerback three on the outside, um, and you're not using them, of course, unless something bad happens, but it's football. Something bad does happen. You need a backup plan. This would fit, so I really do like those three cornerbacks. If you like any other ones that I didn't mention, let me know. Um, I'll give you my thoughts on them, of course, and I'd love to hear what you'd have to say about other cornerback prospects in this upcoming draft. Now, let's get into that interview that I had with Reed Harrison Ducros, who's a very, very versatile player. He started his career at Boise State, then he made it over to Duquesne, um, and it's been quite the journey for him, and I was fortunate enough to sit down with him and talk about it. Now joining me inside the Straight Up Saints podcast is Duquesne cornerback Reed Harrison Ducros. First off, Reed, how's everything going, and how has this whole journey been for you? You know, you start at Boise State, then you go to Duquesne, and now you're about a week away from hearing your name called at the NFL draft. How has this all been for you? Yeah, um, well, thank, thank you for having me on. Um, but this whole this whole process from Boise to Duquesne, um, it's been, it's definitely been a journey, um, to say the least, you know, transferring from the school, um, from the original school that you signed with is always, um, a leap of faith. So you don't really know what's going to happen. You have an idea, um, but it's really just going out, um, on a leap of faith. And then now with going into going from Duquesne to the NFL, um, and trying to go through that, three, four months process before the draft and the draft. Um, it's kind of the same thing in a sense you don't really know what's going to happen. Um, but all you can do, my motto really is control what you can control. Um, and so that's what I've been doing, just continuing to work hard, um, continuing to pray each and every day and, you know, um, just hoping that it works out. So this is obviously a weird time for all of us, you know, with, with people on lockdown and stuff like that, and gyms are closed and training facilities aren't open. So how are you 
um, not only staying in shape, but being able to show coaches and scouts that, you know, this is what you're going to get in me if you draft me, um, because I know it's tough right now because there's not a lot of face-to-face meetings going on. Yeah, no, it's definitely um, more difficult in the sense that no one's ever done it before. No class has ever had to go through, you know, coronavirus or everything shut down. Um, but I'm keeping the same schedule as if coronavirus wasn't happening. So that's, you know, eating uh, 7,000 calories a day, you know, working out every day, um, basically doing, keeping the same routine and just keeping myself in that peak, um, peak athletic performance um, stage. So whenever the opportunity comes, I'm, I'm ready for it 110%. So like you said, when you made the jump from Boise State to Duquesne, it's like a leap of faith. Is there, would you say, an important lesson uh, that stands out above everything else over the course of your college career that you're going to take into the NFL and that's just going to be your mantra? Yeah. Um, you know, my mantra is really just, so at Duquesne, um, our kind of motto was Duke's adjust. And basically you can't control the circumstances um, around you, but you can you can control how you react to the circumstances. And that's kind of been my motto um, ever since going to Duquesne and then now leaving on the ticket throughout life um, because you never control, um, you know, the circumstances around you, but you always can control how you react. And that's kind of what I've seen, what the great players do. Uh, no matter what happens around them, they still get their stuff done and work as hard as they can um, and are just ready for every opportunity, um, no matter the circumstances. Absolutely. That's a great uh, motto to have. And cornerbacks are in that rare position where like you're out on an island and it's all you and it's up to you every single time. Uh, and I ask a lot of cornerbacks, what's the mentality going into every play? So what is Reed Harrison Ducros's mentality for every single snap? You got to be a dog and you got to, you got to dominate. You got to be confident in your technique. You got to be confident in your abilities and the work you put in, in the off season as well as the week before practice or the week before the game. And you just got to go in with 110% confidence because if you don't have that confidence, whether that's in the slot or the outside, then you're going to get burned and it's not going to, it's going to be downhill from there. So over, you know, the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of great cornerbacks playing the NFL. Is there one that you try to watch on film and maybe take a couple of parts of his game and implement it into yours? Who's that guy for you? Yeah. So my, my guy for a couple of years now has been Chris Harris Jr. He just got traded to the Chargers and I took, I picked him because you know, he's my height, my weight, uh, 5'10", I'm around 190, as well as he's consistently been um, played at an all-pro level from the outside corner all the way to playing nickel. And each and every year, he's consistently played at that pro bowler level, all-pro level. Um, he just got named to the all-decade team. So just kind of seeing what he does and the techniques and stuff he uses in the league that helps him be successful I feel like if I can use that and put that into my toolkit um, and learn how to kind of perfect that, it should work the same with me. So you mentioned Chris Harris, and I think that's a really good comp for you. Do you think that when you go to the NFL, most of your production is going to be in the slot, or do you think like Chris Harris you're going to move around and um, whatever your coach thinks, or are you sure that, you know, let's say the slot is where you excel at and you'll be an elite corner, or do you just want to play all over the field? Uh, I don't want to play all over the field. Um, most of my projections have had me in the nickel position, but I'm very confident I can play both outside and inside. I'm just trying to get on the field. I'll even play safety. So, I mean, wherever, wherever I can get in the game, I'll play. 
So I've seen that, you know, you've been working with Donald Driver and he's been promoting you and endorsing you. And I think that's absolutely fantastic and it's awesome. How has it been for you to have, you know, a three-time Pro Bowl or Super Bowl champ, one of the better receivers from the last two decades on your side? And has he given you any good advice leading up to the draft? Yeah, I mean, having him in my corner um, is beyond, like, it's, it's truly a blessing to have him having me in my corner because he's been in the NFL. You know, he came from a small school as well. Um, and, you know, he had a decorated career. Um, and just having having him to be able to talk to throughout this whole process um, has definitely been a blessing as well as him advocating for me um, on social media and especially how important social media is now um, in this draft process with all the teams shutting down and scouts getting off the road. Um, so yeah, no, definitely having him has been a blessing and with his guidance and stuff, it's, it's good. So your measurements were outstanding. Uh, I watched the pro day that you had, um, your tape obviously is great. And even when you look at the numbers, quarterback ratings, when they're throwing to your side of the ball, it's atrocious. They're better off just throwing it into the dirt. Do you think it's safe to say that you're, if not the biggest sleeper, one of the biggest sleepers in the draft? Uh, I think I definitely am. Um, I say that because even though I played at Boise State, um, they always pegged me as a Duquesne kid. Um, and I, I love Duquesne, but um, it's kind of a, it's a smaller school that doesn't get a lot of recognition that it should. Um, there are a lot of great players at Duquesne that um, that are coming out to AJ Hines and different guys like that. Um, but I mean, I, yeah, I, I'd say I'm definitely a sleeper because um, I've proven myself at Boise State. You know, I played Luke Falk and Mike Leach uh, at Washington State at home at their place um, on ESPN and was the highest rated guy as a PFF. Um, after that game and the entire team. So, I mean, I've proven myself. I feel like I proved myself as a sophomore um, going against, you know, offices, masterminds like Mike Leach and them. So, you know, whoever gets me is definitely going to get a sleeper for sure. And it's going to be, I'm, I'm a gym for sure. So your footwork is incredible. Like, I, I know the numbers are impressive for 40-yard dash and stuff like that, but when I see the shuttle drills, you know, my jaw hits the floor. I'm like, you know, man, th this guy's feet are just insane. Do you think that's one of your greatest assets going into the draft? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, my short shuttle drill was a 385, which would have been the fifth all-time at the Combine, and then my L drill was a 642, which would have been second all-time at the Combine. So um, having that quickness, um, and being able to implement that as well as with my attention to detail and my technique as well as uh, my film study and then my love for being a student of the game and gaining as much knowledge as possible, um, I feel like it definitely separates me from the rest. So i got to ask you, you know, this NFL is now a passing league. It's dominated by quarterbacks, but I think a couple of corners are going to have something to say about that, including you. Who's the quarterback, if you had to pick one, that you would really want to pick off? I know, I know, I know. It's the same podcast, but I love to, I love to pick off Drew Brees, whether that's in a game um, or in practice, because um, I'm always, I've grown up a diehard Saints fan. Uh, my dad's from New Orleans. He, he was actually taken to the first Saints game ever, um, and so to be able to, to pick him off, whether that's in practice or a game, would be a dream come true. <laughs> that's the ultimate sign of respect. And now I got to ask you, actually. Um, because I remember your dad was telling me that you grew up a Saints fan. If there was a chance where you do get drafted by the Saints, how, what would that feel like for you? Oh, that'd be unreal. That'd be amazing. 
you know, my hip, my parents wouldn't have to buy anymore. You know, a, a different colored jerseys or different colored uh, accessories. All they have, we have like Saints night lights and stuff, uh, as well as um, my family in New Orleans. Um, I know it, it'd be it'd be a dream come true to say the least. Absolutely. We, you know, we'd love to see you on the Saints, too. It would be great. So my last question for you, Reed, for an NFL team asking, NFL fans, NFL coaches, you know, what is, you know, blank getting in Reed Harrison Ducros? What would you say? Yeah, well, they're getting a versatile player um, playing on the outside in the nickel. Um, as well as on special teams, I can play every position uh, except kicking the ball. Um, I love being a student of the game. I love expanding my knowledge because I know um, the benefits that come from it. I'm a consistent competitor in every aspect, from the practice field all the way to the film room. Uh, I pride myself on being a technician, giving my all to the team in whatever position that I'm needed at in order to win. And then as well as being a positive influence in the community and not being a headache um, when we're not at the facilities. That's fantastic. Reed, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast to talk about it. And I wish you all the best going into next week. I hope to hear your name called in the draft. And even though uh, it might not be with the Saints, I don't care. You have a fan for life, man. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on. I wish you all the best. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on. And once again, that was Reed Harrison Ducros from Duquesne. Really, really good cornerback and really good kid, too. Um, And you will. I believe, I strongly believe you're going to hear his name called in the draft. Not sure if it'll be day two or day three, but you will hear his name in my opinion, and he's going to be a game changer for some defense. It's just very, very hard to find a guy that immediately from day one is going to be able to make an impact in the slot, but that's what he can do. Um, There's proof in the film, and I'm not kidding. Quarterback ratings when throwing to him are atrocious. You have a better chance. And actually, it'll be better for your stats if you just throw the ball on the ground than throwing at Reed Harrison-Ducros. That's the facts. Um, And his measurements off the charts. Look at his pro day numbers right here. Uh, The 40-yard dash, he ran a 4.39. During the shuttle drill, he ran a 3.85. And during the three-cone, he had a 6.42. And this is with a 35-inch vertical and a guy who, it's not even about the athletics. This is about him being a technician, and that's what I think Reed is. But then you add the fact that he is a really good athlete, and you're like, he's the complete package for a cornerback. Um, so I'm really intrigued to see where Reed goes, and I wish him all the best when he gets to the NFL, and he will, um, and I'm really interested to see what he does. But that Chris Harrison com- uh, comparison that he made, it is a good pro comp for him. If everything works out for Reed, that's who he's going to be. He's going to be a versatile cornerback who you can play on the outside, who you can trust on the inside, um, and just let him make plays. Let him be a playmaker. Let him be a leader on that defense, um, and that's what he will do. Um, so really excited to have him on the show, and I'm really excited to see what he does in the future um but that's going to do it for this episode of the straight up saints podcast guys i want to thank you again so much for listening uh trying to ramp it up and have two three episodes a week for you guys while i can obviously next week there's going to be multiple episodes because we have the nfl draft um what i think i'm going to do is two things i think i'm going to do a episode for each round recapping it or should i say each day day one day two day three um and what i'm also going to do if you guys are interested you let me know i'm going to put this question on twitter but i'm also going to pull you guys right now on this podcast if you want me to do a live stream of when the saints are picking and give you my instant reaction to who they take let me know and i will gladly do that um it's probably trending towards yes but obviously let me know if you want to see it please encourage it and i will do it for you guys um to have a live reaction for day one day two 
and day three of the NFL draft. But that's going to do it, guys. I want to thank you so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe and rate the podcast on Apple if you can or if you haven't already. Also, follow us on the social media pages. And if you want some cool merch, go ahead to the Straight Up Saints shop and check it out. But that's going to do it, guys. Thank you again for listening and stay safe and stay healthy. And I'll be talking to you guys next week about more Saints football.